Hello and welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, part of the Talent 409 Leadership Academy Network. I am your host, Colin Cernelia, and thank you so much for joining us today. Please head over to talent409.com to learn more about how we can help your team or organization with their leadership and culture development. This podcast is available on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Plus, don't forget, you can now play this podcast on any Amazon-enabled device. Just ask Alexa, play the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. Getting Dynamic Leaders with Colin Treniglia from Apple Podcasts. Before this episode begins, please consider taking a minute and leave a rating and review. Doing this really does help us grow the show, and you can get featured for your review on a future episode. And on to my featured guest for episode 114 of the podcast today, we are talking with Brittany Alvarado, not Avocado, although she does make that joke later on in our conversation. Brittany is a creative solutions graduate assistant for the Clemson University Athletics Department. Previously, Brittany has done work in the National Women's Soccer League, in the Men's Soccer League, as well as an array of freelancing work. Brittany also played softball, basketball, and field hockey while in school at York College of Pennsylvania. And we actually talk in depth about that story and how she played three sports while in college. We also talk about why it's imperative to grow your brand, how she improved her work ethic by watching the National Women's Soccer best players go about their daily routines, developing a mindset that builds a resiliency muscle through rejection and failure, the incredible story of why interviewing Derek Jeter helped her realize that she could be a dream chaser, in my favorite part of the podcast, about halfway through, Brittany and I talk about her wanting to tell stories of athletes where we connect with them. And you can tell that this is something that is very personal to her and is also something that is very motivating to her in the work that she is doing as a GA and will be doing in the future. And it's making me think, is there a story of an athlete that has connected with you at some point in your life. I know for myself, there are many stories. One of them that I tell often is the story of Mickey Mantle. And when he was toward the latter stages of his life, he finally decided to take head on his alcoholism that had really destroyed his life after baseball, his life after being a superstar for the Yankees. And he did a really powerful interview right before he passed away where he told the audience that he was a role model, that he was someone that people should not aspire to be like Mickey Mantle, that he had wasted his life. And it's always been something from the time I was a kid, the first time I saw that interview, the first time I learned about Mickey Mantle, up until now I'm 31 years old, that story is still powerful. It's not something I can totally relate to, but it helps me connect to who Mickey Mantle was, even though I never saw him play, and I was relatively young when he passed away from a failed liver. So if you have a story that connects to you personally, or just something that makes you really think, or makes you even emotional, 
in a way that Brittany wants us to tell stories and be more personal and not just be fluff pieces, feel free to share them with me. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a voice message. That's what my wife likes to do. I want these podcasts to be interactive. We have a great conversation coming up with Brittany, but I also want you as a listener to feel like you are a part of the conversation as well. You can find my email in the show notes. Don't hesitate to reach out, but that's enough of me talking. I'm super excited to share this talk with Brittany. Let's dive right into it and let's discover our talent altitude. Here is my conversation with Brittany Alvarado. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. Today, my guest with me is Brittany Alvarado. Brittany, thank you so much for joining the show. We made it. Here we are. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited and I love your enthusiasm. This is a tough time for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And for you and I, this is a welcome distraction to talk about things that we like and enjoy. And I want to first give you an opportunity to tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself. So please tell us, who are you? So currently, I am a graduate assistant with Thompson Athletics in the Creative Solutions Department. So we have this cool name, Creative Solutions but we're doing a bunch of the social media stuff for our athletic teams, videos, photos, graphics, all that good stuff. Um, My background, I got my bachelor's degree from York College of Pennsylvania. And uh, once I finished with that in 2014, I got into the freelancing world a bit. And that inserted me into the the soccer world. Did a couple of years working for a professional women's soccer team in the WSL, Sky Blue FC. And along with doing that, I did some other freelance opportunities with, I started out, I actually started out as a writer, which is crazy to think about. Um, (laughs) I would interview athletes after games and and then write things out. And the craziest thing about that now is like, I hate writing so much. (laughs) And I'm so thankful that through video, people can tell me their story and then I can just piece it together uh, without having to write it out. But from there, just I don't know. Uh, I just had this approach where I wanted to to tell athlete stories that humanize them. And once I started writing these articles and seeing the reactions that people um, were given to it and how they connected with it and how it impacted them, I said, "All right, well, I gotta buy a camera. I can afford like a, a very cheap DSLR." Um, so I bought that and and then just took off into the video world. Um, and then that led me to my first job in 2016, I believe, with our Orlando City SC, the soccer team in MLS down in Orlando. Um, they ironically also had a women's team. So I spent some time with them um, for about two seasons. And from there, I just entered the, the freelancing world and, and, you know, kind of played out some opportunities that were given to me through U.S. soccer and some different soccer outlets and media outlets. And now I'm with Clemson and everything's kind of over the place on my journey, but I'm happy with where I'm at. That is so cool. And it's definitely a long winding journey to get where you are. And as talked to me before about how 
your current stop is propelling you to what you really want to do, the dream job per se. And it's so interesting how we get to these different points in life. And I want to spend some time specifically talking about your career journey and some of the stops and some of the starts and the pivots that you've had to make, because a lot of people do come to this podcast for advice related to that. We're going to get into that here in a little bit, but first I am curious how sports played into the equation. You mentioned getting a job with the soccer team when you got out of school and not really doing the things that you loved, but you were in sports. Did you go to school to work in sports? Did you play sports growing up? Yeah. I mean, I've honestly been a sports junkie my whole life. Probably picked up a ball when I was like three or four, just, just any, any ball really. Um, I just remember being a kid who just wanted to be outside, play basketball, play baseball, whatever it was. So pretty much grew up playing, playing sports. The first sport I played competitively, I guess you can call it, uh, in the recreation league was softball. So I was doing that for a while. Um, eventually, as I grew up, I got into basketball. And then once I made it into high school, I took on volleyball. So I was a three-sport athlete in high school playing uh, volleyball, basketball, and softball. <laughs> as my journey and my career has been crazy, my athletic journey has been crazy. And I ended up playing softball in college at York for a season. I actually had my sights set to play volleyball in college, but I tried out for the team and didn't make it. So naturally I was like, all right, what other sports can I play? <laughs> so I tried out for the softball team, made the softball team. Um, ended up getting cut my sophomore year. So then I was like, okay, now what? All I have left is basketball that I played. So um, I played pickup with the York team for like a day or two and realized how good the team was. I was like, there's no way I'm trying out for this basketball team right now. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, a field hockey player was in one of my classes. I guess like she just had known that I was, that I was athletic and, and wasn't playing the sport at the time. She asked if I would try out for the field hockey team as a goalkeeper. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's give this a shot. So I literally woke up early before classes and trained a whole summer with her to become a goalkeeper on our field hockey team. And I ended up becoming the starter for the team. Wow. Um, my junior year, a couple games and I got hurt. I ended up dislocating my elbow and my season pretty much ended there because I got out of shape and I just wasn't the same after that, but finished my career as a field hockey player and I had never played it before in my life. So um, just like now I'm struggling without sports and, just based off my, my journey, you can tell, like, I just, I couldn't live without sports. I couldn't live without playing it. So it's, it's, it's no mistake that it's my career right now. I'm getting involved <laughs> in it. Yeah, that's so cool. And man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm so curious. I've, I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody who's gotten to the collegiate level and let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly, but you got to the collegiate level and basically got told twice at two different points for two different sports that you could no longer play because you just simply weren't good enough. Is that what I was hearing? Yes. 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 I mean, granted it was division three, Sure. Uh, but I went through like the list of sports that I thought I could, could be good at. I went through the ones I played in high school and field hockey just, ended up being the one I took on and 
I became a goalkeeper. I actually have a video of my progression that I made and you can see how terrible I was in the beginning <laughs> months compared to like when I trained the whole summer. It's like a night and day. It's crazy. So it's cool to look back on and sometimes I can't believe it that that's what my athletic journey was. Do you think that in some weird twisted way, maybe that the experiences that you had in college being turned down to play those sports that you obviously had a lot of passion for and you wanted to succeed in. Do you think that that ultimately helped you a little bit when you did get into the real world? And maybe that's when you realized, Hey, I hate writing, but I love this video side of things. Do you think that experience helped you better cope with some of the failures that are inevitable in life? Yeah, well, it sounds cliche, but I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason and everything that's come my way, all the challenges uh, throughout my journey in life to where I'm at now was supposed to be what I, I went through. So yeah, I faced adversity quite a bit, like starting with, going to preseason to try out for the volleyball team before I even started my college career and getting caught, not even making the team. So I faced disappointment straight out, straight out of the gates, but it's one of those things where you envision yourself uh, with an outcome that you want mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't get it. So I want to play volleyball and I didn't make the team. So, all right, what's next? What can I do next? So yeah, I mean, facing that, it's, it's just like, honestly, facing the working world. Can't tell you how many times I've been turned down from jobs, how many people I've emailed and asked for opportunities and either got ghosted or, or got told no. But that has built my fire and, and built my drive to keep going. And I mean, that's honestly why I'm at where I'm at right now, because I haven't given up and I just feel like everything happens for a reason and I'm glad that I went through the adversity that I went through because I think it's made my skin tough and I think you need that in, in the crazy world that we live in, especially uh, in sports. It's very competitive. So I'm thankful and yeah, I, I think that's definitely helped me along the way. How do you prepare yourself as a human being as a person, how do you prepare to be resilient and to have that what's next attitude to bounce back and move on, whether it's because you've been denied something or it's because you failed at something? It's such an interesting topic to me, that resiliency muscle that you almost have to work like it's a regular muscle in your body, a physical muscle. So I'm wondering if there's a method that you have or if there's something that you do to prepare yourself for some of the adversity that you face and that's kind of helped you get over that hump? Is there some some type of tip or something that you can share with the listening audience who may be struggling with that a little bit? Hmm. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I don't think there's something that I necessarily do specifically uh, to get through that. I think it's a mindset really, not necessarily something physically that you can do. And I think for me, I've been a dreamer since day one, and I've always had these high expectations of myself, and I've had big dreams, big goals. 
and having those big goals, I think that's what propels me forward. And I think for anyone, the sky's the limit. And if you have a dream job that you want, someone you want to work for, an athlete you want to work for, you you can do it. You have to know that there's going to be challenges along the way, but everything is a building block to reach that. So I think for me, and I think for anyone else, that has to be a mindset. It has to be a mindset of believing in yourself. It has to be a mindset of being able to come back from disappointments. And saying that, it's okay to be disappointed. And it's okay to get down. And it's okay to lose your confidence for a little bit. But it's your ability to, to pick yourself back up. Because I'd be lying to you to say if I didn't lose out on opportunities and I lost confidence and I got down on myself and didn't think I was good enough. I think a lot of people in this field feel that way at sure. some point. But I think it's 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 in picking yourself back up that you're able to become a better person and become a better professional. And um, that's the mindset. I believe that's the mindset that people should have to, to keep going and, and grind through adversity. So I love how you said that you've been a dreamer since day one. And I, I really do love that because I talk about, and I've had multiple conversations, whether it's with guests on this podcast, the people that I work with, how when we're kids, we're told to use our imagination. And then when we come, when we become adults, we're told to be realists, right? Like there's real things out there that stop people from using their imagination and chasing their dreams and achieving maybe all that they could. And I have to imagine there were probably different moments throughout your life and your career where you didn't know if what you were chasing was really attainable. So how were you able to fight through and keep that dream alive and keep that imagination going? Because I, I think it's so unique and so many adults don't have it. They shut it off when they become teenagers and they have to start preparing for college or something like that. And then it never goes back on. They just go through the day-to-day of life and they do the the bare minimum to get by. And and then you have someone like yourself who's so positive and is doing all these great creative ventures. I just would love to know how you've been able to fight off all those people that don't want you to chase your dreams. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think it's easy to get caught up in reality and (laughs) – the everyday harshness of life I think it's super easy to get caught up in that and I sometimes have to snap myself out of it (laughs) but uh, I remember actually going a couple years back one of the athletes I always idolized when I was younger was Derek Jeter and when I started getting into maybe wanting to be in the broadcasting world and doing interviews and all that I was always like I will interview Derek Jeter one day and I will do something that involves Derek Jeter. A couple of years after I graduated, maybe, maybe it was a year after I went to a charity event that was hosted by his uh, charity. And just in a, it was very quick and very brief and it wasn't one-on-one, but he went through the, the media area and I was asking him questions on video. So I had accomplished that goal. So in that moment where I was like, wow, something that seemed so impossible to me, I did. And I was like 22 years old, 21 or 22 years old. With that being said, I don't know. It's it's never being satisfied. I think it's easy to get stagnant in the working world and, and just 
accept your fate. Like if you're at a, a desk job or you're working for a company or a team that maybe isn't, you know, pushing you to grow, then you just think, all right, well, this is my fate. Or you just accept that, you know, this is what it's going to be like. So for me, from what I've learned over my career is that, you know, I'm never going to be satisfied. And I, I know what I want out of a job. I know what I want out of the people I'm working with. And I think that's something that everyone everyone should perceive uh, going into the working world is don't be satisfied and don't think that things that's because that's what you're you're going through every day that that's how it's supposed to be like be confident in yourself and your talents and if you're not happy somewhere then then go after something else navigating now I'm a student but I'm working towards that dream career as I told you I have you know, ideas and wants, um, from what I'm looking for. So I think that's, that's something that that keeps me going. Big Yankee fan here. Myself grew up with those Derek Jeter championship teams. So I think that story is awesome and speaks to just putting yourself in the right opportunities to attain like that. I think that's part of it, right? Like so many of us don't think that we belong in the same area as Derek Jeter, right? So like, why would we show up at his charity event? And you were like, Hey, I'm going to show up. I'm going to interview him just like I said I was. (laughs) And you did it. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because it is really about, you know, setting yourself up for these opportunities. When people ask me for advice about, you know, where I'm at and how I got to where I'm at, I'm always just like, it's because I don't shut up. I email people. I reach out to people. I DM people. And, you know, nine out of 10 times, you're not getting an answer. But that one opportunity and that one answer could be the one that you want or be the one that sets you up for for more opportunities. So that's the thing. I was with an outlet that was covering, you know, charity events and, and different things that had, you know, athletes of major stature like Derek Jeter. And I was given that opportunity to do that. So it's about setting yourself up for success. You know, people, you don't know if you don't ask. And that's one of the best statements I think that's out there. People don't know about you and what you're capable of doing unless you make them know about you, unless you make them know what you're doing. So reach out to people Set yourself up uh, for opportunities, even if you think it's far-fetched and crazy. Just do it. You just don't know uh, when you're going to hear yes. And then it just it sparks from there. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just something that I've been doing uh, my whole life is just, you know, reaching out to people, making connections. And I think that's how you propel yourself in this world. I want to echo the fact that if you ask people more often than not, you will be surprised how willing they are to give you time or to give you advice. Yes, as you mentioned, you're going to get ignored a lot. I get ignored all the time. I joke with people. There's so many different ways to get in touch with people and you went over them. You can email, you can call, you can DM. A lot of times people think, oh, that's just more ways for me to communicate, but it sometimes ends up as being more ways to be ignored. But sometimes you will reach the right person and they will open up doors or give you the advice that you're seeking. But 
it doesn't happen until you ask. So I love that you brought that up and I want to echo that, make sure that people are understanding that it can be that simple. You can do it from behind a computer. You don't have to physically be in front of somebody if that scares you a little bit and that can jumpstart a dream or a venture that you want to start, whatever it is that you're looking to do. Yeah, I think it, it stems from confidence and knowing what you're worth. I think that's huge. You have to know what you're worth and play off your strengths. When you email someone, when you talk to someone, let them know, hey, this is what I'm good at. How can I provide this for you? What can I do to help you? And like you said, more often than that, someone needs you. Someone needs you out there and you're saving grace by reaching out to them. So just just be confident in yourself and your abilities and, and stand firmly in what you do. Hey everyone, Christine here from Sweat With Stods, one of this show's sponsors. The Dynamic Leaders Podcast is here to help you be a better leader, and the best leaders take care of themselves both mentally and physically. I'm here to help on the physical side by making fitness accessible to everyone. As a certified personal trainer with years of experience coaching fitness classes, I've designed programs that can be followed at home and in the gym. These are intelligently structured programs, giving you a plan to follow to help you be successful. Build strength with my Get Strong at Home program, get quick results with Hit at Home 1 or 2, or work on your health outside of fitness with my Healthy Habits program. As a listener, you can get these programs at a discounted rate by entering code DYNAMIC at checkout. That's D-Y-N-A-M-I-C at checkout. So head on over to sweatwithstods.com, that's sweat with S-T-O-D-D-S.com, to take the next step toward achieving your health and fitness goals today. All right, let's talk in detail about your career journey. So I'm going to break it down here quickly, and then we're going to dive in a little bit more specifically to each part to just understand what your thought process was and how you got from point A to point B. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. I like memory lane. (laughs) Awesome. So the career journey outline that you gave me was taking your first full-time job out of college, then moving on to doing freelancing and waitressing. And then after that, you are now at Clemson pursuing your master's to propel you for the dream career that you've always wanted. So let's talk about that first full-time job first. I want to understand what your mindset was. Were you doing something that was enjoyable? Were you doing something that you hated? I'm pretty sure it was the latter, not the former, because we've talked about it before. But give us a little mindset into what was going on with you. No, I mean, my first job out of college with Orlando City and Orlando Pride was honestly a dream job for me um, at the time. And I was just super stoked on it because, you know, when you leave college, you think, all right, I'm going to get this job immediately, but it does not turn out to be that way. So leading up to that, I was waitressing and and picking up any opportunities to to grow my brand at that point. But once I moved down to Orlando, the position was content manager for both um, the MLS side and the NWSL side. And you know, working in women's soccer, I was super passionate about uh, the sport and I knew a lot about the athletes being a huge uh, U.S. women's national team fan. Obviously, uh, a lot of us can relate to that. But um, yeah, so, you know, I dove into the soccer world just like it was something that I knew, um, was super passionate about. And uh, the day to day was 
you know, going to practices, filming practices, putting together, um, you know, practice recaps and doing interviews, filming games, putting together game recaps. So a lot of work. And I think the coolest part about it uh, for me was just working with the athletes that were there. So, I mean, I don't know if you're a big soccer fan or if anyone who's listening is a big soccer fan, but I mean, Orlando had players like Kaka, Alex Morgan, Ashton Harris, Arta, the, the greatest soccer player in the world uh, from Brazil. So I think being around them day to day and being able to interact with them and, and create relationships uh, was probably one of the coolest things I've ever experienced in my life. One little side note that just came from that. I'm curious, did you find that your work ethic was affected by being able to observe and be around all those great players, like you mentioned? Like, did you learn and pick up things by watching them prepare and watching them get ready for games and practices, et cetera? Yes. And and it's really funny you bring that up. And I don't think it necessarily was even like related to work. Like I would watch them grind every single day in workouts and, and running in Florida's terrible humidity and heat. And honestly, it was a huge motivation for me, like just in life. I think I've worked out more than I ever have in my life just by working for that team. I think when you work for a team or you're working for an athlete, you know what they're putting into their craft. And you don't want to you don't want to do them wrong. You want to put in the work that provides justice to, to to what they're doing. So I may not be out there running and and sweating and doing beat tests and lifting weights, but I had the opportunity to show that. So I think that pushed my work ethic to want to find those different ways to to tell the story and, and really get what they're doing out there. Yeah, and I think you unlocked something really special right there and just how important of a responsibility you have as a media member, no matter what you're doing. So if you're writing video behind the scenes, how important of a responsibility you have to tell the story of the athlete or tell the story of the person if you're doing something that's off the field. And that is such a cool aspect of the job that I don't even think really clicked for me until you just said that. And that's got to be something that's really special, whether it was what you were doing a few years ago or what you're doing right now. Well, that's something I definitely push for now. And it's something that I've always wanted to do, especially when I was with Orlando. I actually did a little documentary piece on Ashlyn Harris, who's uh, currently on the women's national team. And Ashlyn had a journey of, you know, going through depression and, and she's really uh, speaks openly about mental health. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about uh, in everyday life. So to have an athlete uh, kind of be the, the leader of the conversations is important. So I ended up doing this video on Ashton. She told her story. She was open about uh, things and was very vulnerable. And people after watching that reached out and we're like, this video saved my life. Like, I never had anyone talk so openly about this. I look up to Ashlyn, and her words really resonated with me. And I just want to thank you because this this video saved my life. Like, those were the words that people wrote. And I was like, wow, like, I, I can't believe this. You know, 
this is this is my job but then you know to to realize that the impact that something like this can make is is truly unbelievable so i think that really propelled my my drive to want to tell those humanistic stories those vulnerable stories because we look up to athletes a lot of us do and we see them as these these superhumans and invincible people but i think what really connects us to them is their human their humanistic side like when they show vulnerability when they when they go through things when they overcome challenges injuries sickness deaths in the family that's what makes you connect to them i think that's something that a lot of maybe teams and brands miss out on is you're missing that connection aspect you know we can see them in their uniforms playing games all the time but can you tell the stories that you know has us really connect to them i started doing that you know years ago i'm continuing to do that now and i think that's part of my ultimate goal is, is being with whether it's me doing it myself and spearheading it or working with a, a brand or team where i can you know tell those stories and you know just share to the world that we're all just human and we all should just you know stick together and disconnect to each other we all have different stories but um i think that showing vulnerability is really important absolutely i love that and i want to highlight one other point here before we move through your transition to what you're doing right now you had mentioned that when you got out of school so maybe when you were even in school in your undergrad you were thinking about this but you said and i quote grow your brand something that you were aware of that's personal to you, it seems like. And I know this is something that is part of the new wave of marketing and representing yourself, whether you're an athlete, a celebrity, an entrepreneur. And it's definitely something that wasn't as prevalent when I was coming out of school 12 years ago. But it's something that I think more and more people, younger people are aware of and are starting to build younger and younger. So can you talk a little bit about what growing your brand means and why that is so important to you? Yeah, growing your brand, I believe, is being true to yourself. Don't don't try and fit in someone else's box because it might not work for you. So for me, um, I have this battle with myself probably on an everyday basis where I see all these videos with cool effects and cool graphics and just like super flashy videos and they're super cool. But that's something that, I'm not very skilled at currently, but I have this battle that like I need to be that mm-hmm. and that I need to achieve that uh, at some point. And I go crazy thinking about it, but then <laughs> I get to pull myself back and reel myself back in and realize that, no, I don't need to be that. My brand or who I am is being the person who is telling the stories, the untold stories is what I like to say. I'm the person who's going after the untold stories and telling it in a powerful way. I don't need anything flashy. I just need a powerful story, some good uh, music and beautiful B-roll. And and that's me. That's my brand. So I think you see it a lot with different athletes and, and different teams. They have a voice, a specific voice. And that's how you know that that's them. And that's what makes them unique. So it's finding your voice sticking to that and sharing it with the world and and being afraid to do so. 
wow, I kind of wants me, <laughs> makes me want to go back to school now and get involved in this type of work. Cause the, the storytelling aspect is really what's hooking me right now. And I think is something that you're obviously truly passionate about. And I think that's so cool that those are what you want to focus on because I think so many of us can get caught up in just like you said, what's flashy, what's cool, but there's no context to that. There's no substance to it. I think maybe is the better word and to really get deep with somebody and understand what their story is. That's what we do on this podcast. So (laughs) obviously something that resonates with me too. Yeah. And I think that goes a longer way than the flashy stuff. And that's not to down anyone that's very talented in that sense. I don't, I want to make that a point. It's not downing anyone. um, Because I have so much respect for graphic designers and anyone who can do that. But for me, when I'm looking back at videos or pictures, whatever it might be, I'm looking back at the stories that I resonated with or that inspired me. I couldn't really tell you a video that I watched that was super flashy that I remember. But I can tell you documentaries that I watched that I will share and I'll tell you to to go back and watch as well. So I think going deep with someone uh, definitely goes a longer way. Absolutely. Now, you at some moment in your early career decided that you wanted to make a fairly significant pivot in your industry and you found some things that you liked about your work and you obviously found some things that you didn't like as well. And you've moved into being at Clemson and working through this master's program to get the job that ultimately you aspire to have. What was that moment where you sat down and said, Hey, I need to make a change. I need to do something different because I'm not happy. Yeah. Well, (laughs) When I finished with Orlando, that's when I opened my world to to freelancing and and just taking different opportunities that would help me grow. So a lot of different opportunities, you know, took me all over the world. I ended up going to Italy, ironically, uh, with U.S. soccer, one of their youth teams one year. There was a lot of things I gained from freelancing. But at the same time, I felt like there were so many things that I was missing out on by not having, I don't know, like a full-time job or like a team to work for. I felt like I didn't have resources to teach me and help me grow. And I was also waitressing and I was pretty sick of it. So uh, that was really the point where I was like, all right, I need to to find something to help me develop more as a professional. Because I mean, I'm 27 now and I feel like, you sometimes hit the panic button when you reach a certain age, you're like, Oh goodness. Like <laughs> I don't have this skill set or I don't have this job yet. So it's never going to happen for me. So I think it's easy to hit the panic button, but I don't know. Like I applied to a bunch of different jobs in the last couple of years and got a bunch of interviews ended up, none of them ended up coming to fruition. And then the creative director at Clemson, Nick Conklin reached out to me via email saying um that he had a you know an opportunity for me and wanted to see what I thought about it he had found out about me because I had applied for a job at Clemson so he had some resume and and my reel from Orlando and that's how this position was offered to me and I was wasn't too thrilled about going back to school if I'm being honest (laughs) um thankfully it's just two classes a semester all online but uh I just knew that going to Clemson 
the prestigious university, the athletic department is one of the best, if not the best in the world. Sorry for all the viewers who aren't Clemson Tiger fans. <laughs> I just knew that this was going to be it for me. And this was going to be the environment that was going to help me develop. It was going to be the environment that I wouldn't be afraid to ask questions. And I think that's super important in someone's development because I think when you hold a full-time job, you put this pressure on yourself to be really good at everything. I think when I was with Orlando, I was afraid to ask questions because I felt like, all right, I'm a manager. Like I need to, I need to know everything and I need to be good at everything. But it wasn't, wasn't true because I wasn't good at everything and there was so much that I did not know and I just I wanted to grow but I was I was scared honestly so I'm in the environment now where I'm surrounded by so many talented staff members and students and I can't even tell you how much I've learned and at the same time I'm also able to teach others which is something I really enjoy. So being a dreamer I'm imagining that you have some sort of image in your mind and some sort of path that you want to take once you finish up at Clemson. What does the future look like? What type of work are you looking to do with your new skills and your new career? I wish I could say that I knew. It's really hard. I have this process in my mind where this is the first time I'm experiencing college athletics. And my favorite part about college athletics is the diversity of the work. So I'm filming so many different sports throughout the year. And I love that. I love being able to shoot soccer because it's the sport I love and know, but also shooting basketball. And and I remember the first time I shot volleyball, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm terrible at this. Like it was moving (laughs) so fast. So yeah, I mean, I love the diversity of college athletics, but Honestly, it's also a lot. It's a lot of work because of how much is going on at once. Like once crossover seasons hit, where fall seeps into winter and winter seeps into spring, it's like all hell breaks loose. And you have no weekends, you have no life, and it's crazy. So you kind of have to look at that, you know, in, in a future scheme. Having worked in the pros, I wouldn't mind going back to a pro team whether it be MLS or the NWSL or getting into a different sport. But if I would have to say what my dream job would be, the Players' Tribune is honestly one of the outlets that I've always applied for when I saw job openings and just an outlet that I've always loved their work and loved what they did because they're doing what I love to do. They're telling those human stories. They're getting deep with athletes, showing that different side of them. So it doesn't have to be the Players' Tribune, but, you know, any outlet that has those expectations uh, of wanting to go deep with their, their athletes or even having a position with a team where I'm able to, you know, focus solely on that, I think I would I would love to do that. So very cool. And Brittany, if people want to – follow along with your journey. They want to check out some of your work. Where can we find you on social media or the internet? So I'm pretty active on Twitter and Instagram. And my Twitter is avocado 2 
avocado has been a nickname that I've had growing up because <laughs> most people just didn't feel like saying avocado. So avocado <laughs> came out of that. And then on Instagram, it's the same thing. This minus the two, the avocado. Beautiful. I will throw in that information so into our show notes so people have real easy reference to check it out and to follow along with you. Now, Brittany, before I let you go, the show is called Dynamic Leaders, and you've really showcased in a number of ways today your influence and especially I just that resiliency muscle that you back and forth and, and just really building on that over the years to get to where you are today. And I just want to give you an opportunity. I like to give my guests an opportunity to shout out someone in their own life who may have been influential or impactful. Do you have somebody that you want to give a quick shout out to? Well, I have to give a shout out to Nick, Nick Conklin. He's the reason why I'm at Clemson and the reason why I have the opportunity that I have right now. He believed in me and he believed in who I was and he knew that I didn't bring anything flashy to the table, but I just had a different approach. And, you know, he really helped me get to Clemson. And it was a very quick process, but um, he was there for me. And I know whatever comes next, it would be because of him and, and his belief in me. And I think all anyone really needs is someone to believe in them. And then it takes off from there. So I definitely want to give him a shout out and a thank you for, for what he did. So cool. That is a great shout out for Nick and an awesome way to end what's been a super interesting conversation. And I can't wait to keep following along with your work, Brittany, and seeing the stories that you get to tell and just the amazing things that you're going to do here in the future. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to share your story and share your expertise with us today. Thank you. I had a lot of fun uh, doing this with you. So I appreciate you also believing in me and, and bringing, uh, bringing me onto this podcast. Uh, I can't wait to, to hear it.